All right, after a bumpy weekend last weekend, coming out of the Olympic break against the Flyers and the Bruins for the Rangers, dropping uh, back-to-back games on Saturday and Sunday, they become uh, they take advantage of the trade deadline. They, they lose their captain in the process, but they get Marty St. Louis. And last week, uh, last time I did a podcast, we spoke before uh, the trade deadline with Kevin Delory of NY Rangers blog, both thinking at the time that the Rangers would eventually sign Callahan. They don't. Now St. Louis is a Ranger, and since he's been one in three games, the Rangers have five of a possible six points, and things are trending upward again. And to talk to me uh, today about the state of the state of the Rangers right now as we really hit the home stretch with just about over a month left in the season is 610 from Barstool Sports New York. How's it going today? Good, man, good. Thanks for the invite, Neil. No problem. I know uh, it seemed like... For the most part, people were very against Callahan. Um, I talked about this leading up to the trade deadline during the Olympic break, um, You know how his demands were a little ridiculous. Given the player he was, he sort of was settling in this perfect storm of events where he is a homegrown talent, he is the Rangers captain, they are in a win-now mode. It seemed like everything worked in his favor to get a contract done, and it wasn't done, and really no fans were on his side throughout this whole thing, where, and including myself. you know, I thought his demands were outrageous, and, and it got to the point where I didn't mind seeing him leave, which which is kind of ridiculous to say, but were you on that side of things too? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it was a very weird um, sequence of events. I mean, listen, everybody loves, any Ranger fan loves Ryan Callahan. Any non-Ranger fan at least respects his game. But you're right. I mean, what he was asking for was just way over the top. I mean, if you want to put the stats on paper, he's what, maybe a $4 million a year guy, maybe four and a half, but his heart and soul and his grit and all that stuff – got the Rangers to be willing to give him six over six years to want more than that, want the no trade clause where the Rangers are with the rest of their team. It just didn't make any sense. And like you said, at this point, it's a strange feeling, but I don't miss my captain. <laughs> and it seems like nobody did and then once it, it sort of hit and you see him in a Tampa Bay jersey things maybe change a little and uh you know people start tweeting and posting uh tribute videos to him and saying they miss him but the team is better now than they were a week ago when he was part of it and I think not only getting you know rid of him it, it, it helped the team because you're bringing back St. Louis who's an elite player the leading scorer in the NHL over the last five years but it sort of changes the face of what Rangers hockey's been since Yager left since Straka left Nylander and those teams that made it to the second round and, and probably could have gone on to Eastern Conference Finals appearances but didn't against the Sabres and the Penguins but yep. this team needed I think a change of what they were the hard nose grinding type they needed to just be able to score goals and now they have a guy that can do that and hopefully if they get to the playoffs he'll be able to do that more often than not well you're 100 percent right and again i mean this was supposed to be what happened when they had the whole changing of a guard from tortorella to Vigneault. i mean we were supposed to be more of a, a, a high scoring high flying team and although you could tell the difference in their game on the ice i mean if you look at the, the goals scored from last year to this year they're still hovering around two and a half goals a game so the output isn't there so maybe it was time to bring another piece and what better piece than a guy who scores a point a game for what 10 11 straight years the guy is old but he's still high flying he's exactly what we need i think to capitalize on especially it all this all revolves around Lundqvist in my opinion he's in his prime we need to capitalize now this was a no-brainer I totally agree, and that's the thing I've been fighting for the most over the last few years is my biggest argument has always been how many years of Henrik Lundqvist's prime can the Rangers afford to waste, and it seemed like up until you know maybe the summer when they got gnashed in, uh, in that July uh, 
it seemed like they were willing to waste every year because they just weren't putting together a team that could do anything other than hope that they score one goal and hope that he shuts the other team out. And now with St. Louis, they sort of have this different dynamic where you have an elite player in him, you have a pure goal scorer in Nash, you have a guy that hopefully can be the guy he used to be in Richards, and he creates depth in the sense that now Zuccarello is more dangerous. Guys like Broussard, Stepan, Kreider don't have to fill the void and be superstars on this team. They just have to be secondary options. That's what I was looking at. I mean, when you look at the Rangers lines now, when you have San Luis on there, you have a 1A and a 1B line, and even a third line with, with Brad skating his ass off and Zuccarello back and healthy, you have three legitimate lines that can contribute whenever you need. Now, when it, if they want to make a deep playoff run, you're going to need your studs to play like studs. Nash and San Luis are going to have to light it up. Richards is going to have to facilitate that. But looking at the team right now, it's hard for teams to pick and choose, okay, which lines are we going to stop? As long as they can throw three lines out there that are going to put numbers up on the scoreboard, I like the Rangers' chances. Can they beat a Boston or Pittsburgh? Probably not. But, again, like you said earlier, they're a much better team than they were. Well, that's the thing is when you look at the Eastern Conference, it comes down to really Boston and Pittsburgh. And Boston, to me, still has the upper hand after what happened last year. Just yep. the way their team is built. The Penguins, you know, they'll score all the goals they can, but come series time, come playoff hockey, there's just a, there's not a shaky element about them, and it's deeper than Marc-Andre Fleury. But with the Rangers, you know, you mentioned the studs needing to play like studs, and I think that's the biggest problem with what what went wrong last year against the Bruins is if you remember going into that series, the majority of people thought the Rangers were going to win that series. Um, yep. And and Lundqvist, you know, he didn't have the best series overall, mainly because Jan Girardi was busy scoring on him so often. But Rick Nash was terrible in the playoffs last year for the most part, and I kept yep. thinking, you know, they got by the Capitals in seven games, and and he didn't do anything, and then they they lost two games to the Bruins, and I kept saying, you know, Nash has done nothing, and they're still. Live in the playoffs, they they won a series. They're still in this Bruins series, and you just sort of waited for him to turn it on and get it done, and he never did. Now they have another guy in St. Louis who can help out with that. In the in if he if Nash for some reason you know has another terrible uh, playoff, but hopefully yeah. he doesn't. And uh, you know I just think there's there's this team is so much better that given the standings, you look at the standings quick. If you haven't been watching Rangers hockey, you know obviously we have, but most people you know around the hockey world don't. This team just feels better. It almost feels like maybe they're not on the Bruins Penguins level, but they're the only team that's like right in the next tier below them. I mean, if there's a team, if there's a, a quote-unquote dark horse team, you would have to think it's going to be the Rangers. Um, like you said, I agree with you. I think Boston is still the team to beat. Um, if we're going to face off against one of the two, if we happen to make it that deep, I'll take Pittsburgh all day. I don't know who would disagree with that. But it's, it's, if, I'm not worried about a Philadelphia. I'm not worried about a Washington. I'm not worried about Toronto. I'm not worried about any of those teams. If the Rangers can play their game and, like I said, have their studs be their studs, I think they'll breeze through their first and second round matchups. After that, it's a crapshoot. But again, we have one of the all world goalie, one of the best in the game, who sometimes gets a bad rap because he quote unquote hasn't won anything. But <laughs> if, we, if, we, if, if, if we can score those goals, get him a couple more to play with, and he can stand on his head, who's, who better to beat the mighty, mighty Bruins? Then tank tank. Well, I always love that uh, that theory about you know he he hasn't won anything, so he's not all world. When you've got guys like Chris Osgood who won all the time, or even Mark Andre Fleury or Corey Crawford, and these guys who are you know B goalies at best, uh, but they're a Stanley Cup winner. So you know, I guess the, I, I guess they're true winners, and Henrik Lundqvist isn't. The Lundqvist slight is something I'll never ever understand. I mean. It, 
it's 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 numbers, and even his playoff numbers, his peripherals are just as good as any of the great playoff goalies of all time. Am I saying he's the best? Of course not. But the Rangers' failures have very little to do with Lundqvist, and I think that's just fans or, or haters or whatever you want to call them, or you know, just trying to press the button because they know we're a little uh, protective of our king. <laughs> well, and, and going on that, I mean, the thing with him is his failures. Um, people like to mention his playoff record as if he's a starting pitcher or something, but you know he, he is the responsible, sole, solely responsible for any success that this team has had in the post lockout era since he became the starter. And it's gotten to the point now where if he if he were to have a terrible first round this year and they got knocked out, you know it would it would be devastating that the season ends like that. But you can't even get mad at him for the stock that he's built up over the last decade. I agree hundred percent. But you know the haters will come down in full force saying, "I told you, there's your quote unquote queen." doing it again but you know the, the the fact of the matter is they they dumped all this money on him they're fully committed and there's what 25 other teams that would probably love to be in the rangers shoes and have him anchoring their squads it's something we got to take advantage of and you know going back to the san Luis trade that's a major step in the right direction to hopefully do that in the next couple of years. And, uh, you know, I hate to throw around stats, but I always bring this up with people in that in his 25 playoff losses, the Rangers have scored one goal or less in 14 of them out of the 25, and in 22 of them they've scored two goals or less. So it's not like he's getting lit up. He's doing exactly what he does in the regular season. They just have never had anyone to score. Well, yeah, I mean, you remember, uh, I always think back to that Washington series where I believe it was, Every single game was a one-goal game. The series was incredible. That was a, almost 100% him. He was the reason why we fought so hard and were able to steal a couple of games in that series. And if uh, he did the same thing against Ottawa, I mean, he's won us series on his own. He's never cost us a thing. I agree, and I think the thing with him uh... – you know, aside from how great he is, is how great it is watching him um, pretty much on a nightly basis, except for when Talba gets to play. And I think that's another thing with St. Louis is that, you know, it's it's an attractive thing for fans, for Rangers fans, to watch St. Louis play. I mean, he hasn't really done much on the score sheet since coming over here as he gets get chemistry down, playing with Richards, Hagelin, and getting flip-flopped and, and trying to lead the power play. But you could notice from that first shift of the first game uh, on the trade deadline night when he was out there, I mean, there was three, three, two or three legitimate scoring chances within the first 30 seconds of him being on a line. And, and guys like Richards, you know, maybe he'll get rejuvenated from it. And a guy like Hagelin looks like a completely different player with him on the ice. Well, it was funny. The first game with Hagelin, you could see he was excited. He was buzzing all around the ice. But there was a couple of times where I'm yelling at my TV where you can just tell. He was like, oh, my buddy San Louis, my new buddy. Here, let me feed it to you. Yeah. Let me feed it to you. I was like, just shoot the puck, work forward, and that's something they'll iron out. But, you know, San Louis, I believe he's led the Rangers forwards in minutes every game ever since he got here, where he's been real close, playing 20 minutes a game. Um, like you said, you can tell just watching – if he's not on the score sheet, he's still buzzing around the puck. He creates. He hustles. Um, I'm happy to have him. I always put together Stanley Cup winners with, with teams that have those guys, or at least one. Most teams have two of those guys where if they get the puck and they cross your blue line, that you're nervous about something happening. And, you know, the Bruins are the one exception to the rule just because they're so deep. They're built unlike any other team, I think, really, in right. the NHL. Yeah. Um, but you look at the Blackhawks. They've got Kane. They've got Taves. They've got Sharp. They've got Hosa. They've got guys up and down. And really, the only guy we've had of late was Nash, and before him, Gabrick, when he wasn't injured. But St. Louis is even, I think, on another level than Nash because while Nash you know, puts that fear of God in the opponents uh, in the slot and below the hash marks. St. Louis has it really as soon as he gets the puck across the red and it's on a stick. 
Well, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you, it, you, there's it's a probably a relatively easy argument to say Martin San Luis has been a better player over pretty much the course of Rick Nash's career. So, I mean, we traded our captain, yes. We lost some picks, which I, I can't stand the argument over people crying about draft picks. About <laughs> because those got. always work out for the Rangers so well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're, we're not talking about you know uh, potentially being in in the top ten or anything like that. At least I sure as hell hope not. So those picks, they don't really matter to me. But Martin San Luis can not only be the best player on the Rangers on any given night, but the best player in the league. The dude scored four goals earlier this year. I'm not saying that's something that you you know look toward happening, but he's capable of having nights like that or runs like that where he can just dominate for games weeks at a time, what's what's the problem? No, I, I don't think there is any problem. And I think a big the biggest knock, aside from the draft picks, which people who cite draft picks, you know, this isn't, um, I mean, granted in any sport it's a crapshoot, but it's even more so in hockey. Uh, maybe baseball is the only one that's that's worse. But, I mean, the Glenn Sather's team has done a terrible job of drafting, especially in the first round. Um, and really the, their best productive scorer, pure scorer, uh, is probably going back to, you know, the early 90s with guys like you know, Kovalov. or I, I don't even know who you want to go back yeah. with. So it's not like we're really missing out on anyone and I think the biggest knock has been giving up Callahan who's you know on the right side of 30 though he's about to hit it and and, and St. Louis being near 40 but this guy doesn't look um, or play at all like someone who's very close to turning 40. No not at all and you also have to consider too I mean people kind of wanted to ignore this because their heart and soul was so invested into a player like Callahan but the reason why we love him so much isn't because he's the biggest talent in the world. It's because he's a hard-nosed, blue-collar guy who plays with reckless abandon. And guys who play with reckless abandon have a short shelf life. To bring him on for six more years and expect him to be at the top of his game come 33, 34, 35, that's just short-sighted. And especially if we would have given in to the no-trade, he's just holding the Rangers hostage at that point. So if you don't win a cup with Callahan in the first three years, if we ended up keeping him, it's, it's, it's a huge loss. Yeah, and I think the, the the biggest thing is that most fans who were against this trade, and, and there's very few, I mean, I've found very few people that are, are that devastated about Ryan Callahan getting traded. Um, I think their their whole thing is that he's a homegrown Ranger. He was drafted by the Rangers, built through the system, played in Hartford, came up um, you know, early on and, and was sort of groomed by the end of that Yager era, um, became the captain. Uh, but the thing is, he didn't really care. At, at the end of the day, he didn't care to be a Ranger. And I wrote about that because if he really cared, he'd still be one. His his asking price would have dropped if he really wanted to be in New York. If he really cared about his legacy, uh, being the captain, trying to bring the cup here, trying to get his number retired, being part of all that, his asking price would have gone down. And the fact that he was asking so much when guys like guys in his class are making 4.2 to 4.6 million dollars it just seemed wrong so i feel like no one should be sad about ryan callahan leaving because ryan callahan isn't sad about it yeah i mean and it, i i i'm with you to an extent on that i i honestly do think he he wishes it would have worked out but at the same token you're right and and for the he, he's entitled to pursue the cash or whatnot but it's an interesting trade-off that he couldn't you know kind of be a little realistic and realize he was maybe shooting for the moon and maybe he was in the best spot being with the Rangers. So let's give a little hometown discount. Um, if, if Let's say next year or in the offseason, he signed some seven-year deal with Buffalo. Is that is that couple extra mil really, really worth, you know, having to start from scratch in Buffalo when you were in a pretty good spot with the Rangers? 
seems a little strange to me. And along those lines, I saw his agent say, uh, I forget where I saw it, but he made a remark about how um, you know they're going to work with Tampa Bay possibly if he likes it down there over these next few weeks in signing an extension because um, because of the taxes there and how how he can you know take less money but actually make the same amount as in New York. And it almost seems like his agent setting it up knowing like I screwed up and you're probably not going to get the money you had me chasing in the first place. So now, you know, I'll start the, the PR wheel going now in the event that I don't end up getting you that money. Yep. Yep. And again, I, I, I love the guy. I wish, I wish him the best, but you know, in the end it's, it's almost, it's probably a blessing that he, you know, drew his line in the sand. And quite frankly, just being a New York fan, a New York sports fan in general, I'm happy to see one of my teams for once, actually stick to their guns and say, listen, here's the max we're going to offer. We're not going to go over. We're not going to overpay. We're going to stick to our guns and actually do it. Yeah, and I think it, it, the weirdest part about the whole thing is that Glenn Sather, who's been here now 14 years, has never drawn the line with anybody, whether it's nope. his own talent, other teams' talent, free agents, uh, guys who are you know barely able to play in the league anymore but were superstars eight years ago. He loads up on money, and the one time he sticks to his guns happens to be with the captain of his team. Yeah, that was a little ironic. I actually had that conversation with a buddy the other day, and uh, somebody had asked me on Twitter the other day too. He's like, "Hey, do you like Glenn Sather as a as a GM?" And I thought that was a funny question. You know, I was like, "Well, you know, he's done some good, he's done some bad. I'm kind of indifferent." And then I thought about it for a second. I was like, "Wait a second, Glenn Sather's best skill is fixing his own mistakes, like the infamous Scott Gomez deal." So, I mean, if that's the best skill you have as a GM, then maybe my answer is no. But um. At this point, right now, forgetting about the past, he's put the Rangers in the best spot that they can possibly be roster-wise. It's now a a matter of execution. Another thing with this whole thing about how much he's worth and what he was asking compared to what he actually produces and what his actual numbers are, uh, I brought up the point about Brandon Dubinsky and how they sort of came up at the same time. Dubinsky's a year younger than him. Uh, Dubinsky has more points in his career, is essentially the same exact type of player, a blue-collar player who you know can put the puck in the net, get some points. And and when Tortorella named Callahan the captain going back to before the 2011-12 season, um, Dubinsky was coming off the best year of his career it easily could have been Dubinsky named the captain, and maybe we're in the same spot now where people are upset about him leaving. Well, let me ask you this. Seeing what Dubinsky's done uh, since then, um, would you have given, would you have been okay with giving Dubinsky now six years, six million? No, that's exactly my point. I would not be, and I think that's the whole thing is that we're sort of, you know, the people that are worried about what went on what, in these discussions and why it got to this point is that Callahan overvalued what he thought the C meant and what his, you know, his spot is a face or the secondary face of the franchise after Lundqvist meant yep. and that it easily could have been someone else two years ago. And, you know, Brandy Minsky's making $4.2 million with the Blue Jackets and I with Ryan it. Callahan, $4.2 million, Saylor would have said, here's a nine-year deal, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been an issue. But I, I think he thought that that C on his jersey would is worth you know two million dollars more a year well that's what i'm saying i mean I, I said that earlier that's he he was getting him even being in the realm of six million dollars is him getting overpaid based on that c and that grit and him being you know part of team usa and whatever other you know intangible you want to give the guy um but I, it's it's pretty amazing that he was still shooting the moon after that and trying to restrict the rangers with the no trade it's uh, a, a strange situation. I'm actually curious to see what he ends up getting and where he ends up signing, because at this point, I think it's just going to be the first person to offer the first team to offer him the most money, and 
a guy like Callahan you kind of thought was more of a guy who was a win-first type of guy, and it just seems like in the end he's just going to chase the highest dollar. And the thing with me, I, I wonder about the whole thing, is if he ever thought that the Rangers wouldn't meet it or that his agent couldn't get it close enough where he could accept it, it almost seems like, you know a breakup or a divorce in the sense that you, you that he's pushing the person just thinking that you know they'll they'll eventually fall to their bluff and once uh you know it went through and he had his initial comments I saw on TSN they had him on the phone it's he sort of seemed taken back and and taken by surprise that they weren't able to work out a deal and I think that maybe he thought all along he would just get close to the number or at least a, a good enough number for him that he wouldn't have to chase money on the free agent market I think I I agree with you I think he was I wouldn't say blindsided because obviously it was a hot topic throughout the season, but um, I think the reality hit him a lot harder, and he certainly didn't expect um, the rug to be pulled out from him. But again, that was the game he wanted to play. They played a game of chicken, and again, like we said, usually the player wins against Sather, but for once uh, he lost. Yeah, and it seems like always uh, with players in these situations leading up to the deadline, they have to keep a- answering questions about it. And he kept saying, you know, it's a business. I'm letting my agent take care of it. Um, you know, these these are things you have to work through, especially in a contract year. And you kept hearing the same same uh, lines over and over again for him. And I feel like, you know, he just thought that that's the way he would go about it. And he still was scoring goals. He was still a part of the Rangers, still saluting the fans. And I don't think he ever actually thought it would get to the point that he puts on a lightning jersey. Um, and I don't think really anybody did. I mean, I always like the idea since the Boomer Esaias and Rumor came out of St. Louis coming here, but I thought it was far-fetched because I just didn't think they'd let him go, and uh, you know, now I'm used to the idea because St. Louis has been on the team for a week, and I've seen Callahan play for Tampa Bay, but I just, to me, it just seems like he never really thought it could ever get as far as it did. I, I probably think uh, when the St. Louis Rumor first came out, everybody laughed it off because we didn't know the facts, and again, there was two sides of that equation. You know, obvious, I think um, San Louis was going to be moved more so, it, obviously, if it was to the Rangers, but he was on the move more so than Callahan was. I think the Rangers just happened to say, hey, this could be a perfect match, so this is going to give us a little more leverage in uh, sticking to our guns and making sure we don't you know, dump all this money into a Ryan Callahan contract if we can pull a Marty San Louis. And it, as, it, as it slowly started to piece together, stuff started to come out, hey, shit, San Luis doesn't like it there. He does want out. This actually could work, and it snowballed into it being a reality. And, you know, what can you say? This is the guy that we needed to have. I don't know if moving Callahan for uh, project players or lesser players or, or prospects or anything like that would have gone over nearly as well. But, again, we're talking about a, a, a perennial top-10 point scorer. I'm happy. <laughs> Me too. And on the other side of this, you've got Lightning fans who lost the face of their franchise, uh, the captain of their team, the guy who's been Mr. Lightning his, his basically his entire career after his short stint with Calgary. I mean, I don't even know what to think about those people. I guess that would be like, you know, for here in Jeter, well, not even on that level, but someone up in that class or right below that, you know, taking their entire franchise and leaving uh, with the playoffs just around the corner. I just, I can't even fathom what that, what those people must be going through. And now the team is in the middle of a slump and uh, they've really got Stamkos working by himself to try to get him out of it. Yeah, that's, that, uh, that's a, a, a weird situation in itself because, you know, you'd figure he obviously, San Luis obviously knows that, you know, the window's closing on his career. Um, you'd think that he'd want to stay with the Lightning. Um, I, I assume we still don't know 
the entire story of why we wanted to come out. It seems a little childish if it was over a, the, the Team Canada snub. But whatever the case may be, if I'm a Tampa fan, I mean, what you can't get mad at your team. You guys, what, what were they supposed to do? Just leave <laughs> uh, some you know a grumpy captain on the squad and, and letting them run the show? I, I I I don't think I think they were handcuffed and. If anybody got blindsided outside of the players, it was probably Tampa Bay fans. Yeah, and and now with no captain of the Rangers for the remainder of the year, just three A's uh, going forward here, I think that the most sense would be uh, that Ryan McDonough becomes the captain starting next year. Yeah, he's going to be the uh, the new, I don't want to call him the new Callahan. Hank is still the face of the franchise, but Ryan McDonough is going to be the new Mr. Ranger, or whatever, however you want to designate it. He, to me, seems like the no-brainer. Um, if you look at some of the veterans, you know, if uh, Sam Louis next year, no, Nash, no, Richards hopefully won't be here. Um, McDonough is seemingly the obvious choice. Well, you mentioned Richards and hopefully not be here, and I think there's one guy who now has every reason in the world to play better than he has in a while because he's got his old buddy with him who won the cup with him 10 years ago in Tampa Bay, and uh, he probably wants to stay here now that St. Louis is here, and I'm sure he wants to stay here to begin with because that's where he signed when he had an option to go other places, but um, it wouldn't shock me if, if, if Brad Richards suddenly becomes the guy we thought we were getting a few years ago. Well, he has to, and I, I, I tweeted a joke a couple of days ago. I said, you know, now that we have San Luis, how many points does Richards need to score to secure you know, <laughs> his staying here next year? It's got to be around 200. He's got to score like four points a game. <laughs> I mean, his, his, his contract at this point is absurd, and there's only one way out. I'm not really sure what he can do to justify it. I mean, there's, there's some decent free agent centers coming out next year that will earn a lot less than we're committed to paying him for the next – four or five years or however many years he has left um but yeah i mean you're right i mean if, if it motive if he really does want to stay he's got to prove it and he's kind of he's got to lead as well and take the rangers as far as they can possibly go and not disappear like he has more times than not during his stay and i think the weirdest part is that everyone just expected after the way last season ended um with him getting scratched in the playoffs tortorella you know being the reason for that that tortorella leaving it just seemed like richards was gonna uh, get bought out at the time too and he comes back this year um it seems like it would make a little less sense now because he's under an offensive system and his old line mates back yeah but i mean again he's 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 playing better for sure and i think you know, Torts just being Torts, I think maybe he was a little unfair, and that was probably an ill-timed way to send a message um, doing what he did to Richards last year. But still, Richards still, he's not the premier top-line center that we brought him in to be. Um, and again, now that he's got his buddy Stan Louis, maybe that changes. It hasn't really yet in their first couple of games. Um, I'm just not sure, though, uh, thinking long-term, especially making the financial lead, sound decision the Rangers did in not throwing all the money at Callahan, if they're going to stick to that smart planning for now and the future at the same time, uh, Richards stay with the Rangers is as far as they make it in the playoffs this year. All right, 610, I thank you for joining me today, and we'll have to do this again as we uh, near the playoffs, and, uh, and hopefully the Rangers are a part of it again this season. Absolutely. Again, thanks for the invite. It was fun.